Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Achtung, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Um, and the frost has bit where I am, Jim. The snow, the snow on the ground, even, even here in London. Yeah, we had snow yesterday. That was quite exciting. Yeah. My Daisy uh, woke up all, you know, full of it, but it just yeah. wasn't enough to go tobogganing. The no. big problem well, is in Salisbury, we're out of fuel. There's no petrol. Really? No. I mean, oh hopefully there God. is this morning because I've wandered around in Rachel's car, her, yeah. her modern Golf, looking for fuel. Right. <laughs> now, now it's it's saying you have no miles left. Do you want me to help you find a petrol station? It's like it's not going to help me because there isn't any petrol. <laughs> Jeepers! I don't know oh what's going God. on. Uh, well, you know, well, nothing works at the moment, does it? Anyway, no. um, uh, uh, the dogs. Now, you you sent me well a couple of things. Um, We've had some weekend, inter- I've had an interesting weekend. Uh, interesting yeah, well, few days. I mean, first things first. Over the weekend, someone on Twitter said, "Hey, look, um, Spike Milligan's Battery Sergeant Major's diary is up for sale." Um, yeah. uh, uh, and tweeted me that, and I forwarded it to you, and you're like, oh, "I've bought it." <laughs> <laughs> I literally couldn't get there quick enough. I, well, so I went on to AB Books, of which, uh, frankly, I should have shares. Yeah, um, yeah. I spend an awful lot of money on AB Books, and I always try and get the the cheapest hardback. I don't want a paperback because you yeah. can't. It's very hard to annotate a paperback. And yeah. in the old days, those paperbacks, you know, those sort of you know pan yeah, they fall apart. paperbacks and corgis. They're what's called A format. So most paperbacks these days are B format, so they're a little bit bigger. Right. But A format is that really tiny one. Small book, and the moment you... Small book, small print, cheap cheap paper. The back breaks and the pages fall out. Back breaks, pages fall out. I haven't got enough room to annotate them. Yeah. Um, It's too small. Pencil goes through the paper. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So it's just... My copy of Flamethrower. My copy of Flamethrower was like that. Yeah, no, it's no good at all. So I got no. hardback. So, so I've got. I bought this. This is this is um, Hugh Pond Salerno. It was written in 1960 and stuff. But he's interviewed quite a few Germans, so it's quite interesting. I'm trying ah. to work out if I can, I can extricate some German experience from, yeah. from 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 that. I just couldn't get on with it. I mean, I'm showing you here. Look, look how yeah. small it is. Oh God, it's absolutely hopeless. So I've splashed out. There's the hardback. Look at that. There's the hardback. Much better. That's a. That's so a better, I got that. But anyway, so I use AB Books a lot. But I thought, okay, this is quite a big investment to get to yeah. get this original diary, which goes from January 1943 to yep. December 1944. So it literally couldn't be better for my cas- casino project. Yeah, that's spot on, isn't it? It's diaries, what I want. I want contemporary stuff. And even better, of course, you know, he's the battery sergeant major for Spike Milligan's. Yeah. Because so we've we'll- been having a bit of chat, haven't we? So it's like, well, yeah. you know, if you can you use Spike Milligan's memoirs? Probably not. That's the problem. You, you know, can you? Can you not? Ooh, you know, what you really need is diaries. But his diaries were sold to a private punter. Yeah, and have vanished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, well, uh, it's, it's so it's slightly problematic. Yeah, but now you've got you can cross reference um, uh, Milligan via the via this contemporary diary. So um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he's even in it. If if Gunnar Milligan even turns up, or Lance Bombardier <laughs> Milligan even turns up. You know yeah, d- d- whether whether the sergeant sergeant major even noticed him, or had had time, <laughs> or could be bothered to write about him. You know, like I suspect maybe- so. I I think an artillery battery is quite a small unit, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're all in little groups, aren't you? I mean, it's what what he makes what he makes clear. Anyway, um, so and, so, anyway, and- so so then I so I went on to AB Books, and there it was. But you couldn't really tell from the brief <laughs> quite enough. So I then but but it was Blackwell's rare books in Oxford. 
Right. So I okay. rang him up and instead of buying it online, I just bought it over the phone. Right. He well said, done. Oh, we'll put it, we'll put it in recorded delivery. Royal Mail. I was thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we'll put it in Royal Mail recorded delivery on a train via Border Force, <laughs> um, uh, and we're sending a nurse with it. So it, it will be industrial action and travel yeah. chaos out of existence. All that. <laughs> so, so I'm feeling quite tense about it, and I'll, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assume it's it's mine until it actually arrives. If I'm brief, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, but fingers crossed. So that that's interesting. <laughs> and then and then the other day I was uh, um I went to, so, so I couldn't get into the National Archives at Kew till about February or something. It's just oh, absolutely that's ridiculous, hopeless. isn't it? Uh, absolutely. What's so, going on there? What's going on there? That means you. I mean, for those that for those no, that have never tangled music. Yeah, go on. Well, go on. for those that have never tangled with the National Archive. Or, or trying to get stuff out of the Imperial War Museum. Take people th- through the process. Because I, I went I went to the National Archive when it was the public record office when I was 15 to get the Arn and Battle Diaries out. And I had to have a letter from my headmaster to give me um, clearance or whatever, sponsorship, and, and, and went down on the train and then from Bedford on the train and then on the tube to Kew. Found the diaries, all of which basically were exactly the stuff that was quoted in all the books I'd been reading, right? So they'd been picked clean by by historians and mm. and and you you you're only allowed the bits you'd ordered even then you know this is 1984 mm-hmm. or whatever 1985 yeah, or, 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 yeah 83 84 only allowed the bits you've ordered that's that and i remember it all being you know very sort of hush hush and white gloved and serious and all that sort of thing has it changed is it yeah it's changed dramatically because uh, i remember the first time i ever went to the national archives i was looking at the log of hms upholder all right okay and it Wanklin. literally took me a wanks. week yeah wanks and all that and i had to annotate it um right. in pencil because that was the only thing you could do right um and uh you know we're talking 2002 or 2001 or yeah. something you know yeah. so it was it was you know prehistoric period really yeah I would say the zenith of operating at the National Archives was 2019, when right. you could go there, you could photograph all to your heart's content. They had they had things that so that you could photograph it, you could position your camera or your phone, so it took the perfect photograph, so it looked like a photocopy. Wow! wow. You could order literally as much as you liked. You could order, wow. you know you could kick off with twelve remotely, Whoa. and then when you got there, you you could just keep ordering throughout the day. So you could follow you know, your you nose, could, basically. You could, you could get through forty fold files a day, no problem at all. Absolutely no problem at all. So it was really worth it because obviously what happens is you, you, you know the nature of these things is you order up quite a lot, and some stuff you sort of go you flip through and you go oh no that's not what I want at all, and you just pass it to one side. Now you can't do that, so you can order up twelve things in a day. I think it is. Yeah. But that's long lead. So yeah. that, you know, you have to book yourself in in kind of, you know, several months ahead to do that. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you can order up sort of four on the day or something. But but for me, coming from wheelchair, it's just not worth it because I'd get through that in an hour yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, then it's time to go home again. You know, and there's a whole host of other stuff that I would like to see having now I haven't got there that I can't. So it's just absolutely hopeless. But anyway, the great thing is, and it's exactly the same with the Imperial War Museum. The Imperial War Museum now... You have to book quite a long way in ahead. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, a month to six weeks. Someone might, you could put yourself on the waiting list and someone might drop out, which is what happened the other day, which was great. And they Six they, weeks? Know, something like that, yeah. Right. You What's know, I, when, I, when I was trying to book a seat in October, I couldn't get a seat until middle of December. But, um, uh, you know, this is And, and then it has to come from Duxford because they've moved their entire... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the so in, the, in the old days, I mean, you know, pre-COVID, what you'd do is you'd ring up the you'd ring up the IWM and you go, "Can I come in tomorrow?" And they go, "Yeah, no problem at all." Or oh, well, a bit buzzing tomorrow, but you can come on Thursday. Yeah. What? Right. Um. Uh, and then they used to have the photograph out um, archive it used to be around the around the corner in Ansel Street. Yeah. It's like a separate building. You go up there, there'd be absolutely no one there. It was all very shh again as well. Right. Yeah. And you and you go into the room and you'd get uh, and there'd just be huge stacks of photo albums right official photo albums with, with sort of like a sort of cl- a big heavy cardboard covered in dark green cloth right and you'd and you'd pull one out and you'd pick and the you'd pictures pull one you out, wanted C- you'd pull out c42 yeah and, and and you'd get it out on the thing and you just take photographs of, of the photographs right right but you like can't do that anymore no 
can't do it anymore because the whole lot, Ansel Street's closed down. You've, that's all now up in Duxford. And you, and you can imagine the hassles of trying to get those huge, great, big, heavy folders down from Duxford to someone like me to see in a room up in... Well, then that's it, you know, in the cost- reading room in the main building in, in the Imperial Well, Wonders. and suddenly that's costing them money, so therefore you've got to pay for it. And, uh, and well, so they just make it very difficult for you to do. Why? They go, well, what do you, what, you know, what do you want, you know, because I asked them every day, I said, where do I see photos now? They said, well, you have to order them up for us. Which ones do you want to see? It's like, well, I want to see everything from I want, Italy from, from, from September 19th. I want to look. Yeah. I want to see what there is. You what know, what, what on earth is going no. on? Why, why, well, why well, would you... I, I don't know. I think it's because they spent a huge amount of money on the atrium and, you know, the revamp yeah. and all the rest of it. And yeah. they're having to cut corners and they've got, not cut corners, cut costs rather. That's unfair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've got this huge facility at Duxford where they can. Yeah, yeah. You got, yeah where absolutely. they can save stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, but it's, it's incredibly frustrating because it used to be both at Q and, and the Imperial Women's it used to be incredibly user friendly. Yeah, and now they're not. You really got to plan ahead, and of course, you know sometimes you, it's it's hard to plan that far ahead. Well, and also, but that's also not the nature of your of investigation, is it? If if you're following following, you're following a lead, your nose, you're following, you're following your nose, lead. and you you see a thing. Well, maybe if if I could if I could see what the what the other battery gun battery along the line is saying at this point, you you can pull them out. I'll need to grab that now, and you have a look. You can't. I mean, is it is it is it making uh, writing history materially more difficult? Yeah, must be. Yeah, yeah, because because you you could be you know yeah yes, I would say so. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean to say you can't do it. You, of course, you can. I mean, I've got I've got more material for this book than I have for the last you know God knows how many. I mean, yeah, I've done more primary archival research for this than than I have yeah. for the last few by by yeah. some margin, and that's because I set myself this task of trying to do it all from sort of you know as much as possible from contemporary sources. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, I was kind of keen keen to find those, you know, because we've got onto this whole thing about morale and stuff. Yeah. I was very keen to sort of get those little nuggets, and they they are hidden away. I mean, I've just been I've just been going through all the different sources from both the the, the TNA, the the National Archives, and yeah. from what I was getting in in the states, and all the G two stuff. They've got loads of captured diaries of Germans and stuff, um, and notes and little reports that they've translated yeah. that they've captured. Yeah. And you know you get you know it starts to it starts to build a picture, doesn't it? You know, and that, that's what you're wanting. You're wanting a kind of a sense of well, what what are the Germans thinking? There's a whole there's a whole thing here on on sort of you know infantry operating with Tiger tanks written by the Germans. It's just you know you can wow. only, you can only find that stuff if you're doing primary primary research. But anyway, yeah. this is a very long winded way of saying that the the good news is is that <laughs> you know I'm great mates with Steve Prince, he's head of the Naval Historical Branch, and he said yes. and I was moaning to him about. <laughs> Not being able to um, get to the uh, get to the National Archives with ease in the uh, like I used to be able to in the old days in the pre-COVID days, and he said um, he said oh don't worry about that Jim he said, said uh, one of the advantages of working here is that we can order up fifty fo- files at a time <laughs> he said you tell me what you want and I'll order out for you oh so he oh, did well, magnificent it was magnificent and um, you know no one telling me what to do and so. <laughs> I had my my big stash of folders there. They all were. And I went down to Portsmouth. Went down to the historic dockyard. I mean, you know, you know the you know the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, historical yeah. branch where we where we looked at the war diary. Had a lovely day with Steve, and found all these amazing bits and pieces. One of which was this this document that I immediately fired over to you, oh, um, which was in the Alexander uh, um, papers, um, yeah. which was all about sort of various. No, it was a sort of under a file which was loosely morale, discipline. Sickness, all that it's, kind of it's stuff. morale part one, file number 34, morale part one, welfare part two, discipline part three, right? And, uh, just absolutely amazing stuff. So, morale on the first page is morale, um, September 1943, mail for 8th Army, poor delivery. Point that's point one, yeah. Uh, this is his level, that's why I, I think know, it's so I interesting. Know. This is what's so amazing about this. Um, then 1944, May to June, naffy canteens in Italy, provision of premises objections to terms of resolution parts by council of naffy so so what's that what's gone on there um may officer was trained to draft to accompany that draft overseas lieutenant colonel sparrow secretary morale committee to travel in troop ship with drafts in order to study the conditions under which they travel so well, well the fact that there is a sec- secretary of morale committee is yeah quite yeah, inter- yeah 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 quite interesting fact, isn't and it the fact that lieutenant colonel sparrow has been told to go and have a look actually that, that, yeah. that his committee's one thing but he's been told to have a look at the conditions the men are traveling under and how that impinges on morale 
And then this is a really, this is very interesting. June to October, poor commercial telegraphic facilities for British troops. Failure of British cable and wireless, cables and wireless to provide press and commercial facilities. Cable services behind those of the United States. Sir Ed Wilshaw Cable and Wireless Limited to visit Naples, Rome, etc. So they've, Cable and Wireless, they've been given a rocket because yep. their, their communications provision is inadequate. And that's interesting. That's a private company doing that. that that's a thing where they've obviously been, you know, they're having to interface with, with um uh with with a with a telecoms company and that the telecoms company are doing a bad job and that you know the first that the first one is mail on here and then that then you've got british poor provision of you know poor commercial telegraphic facilities for british troops people can't send telegrams people can't stay in touch with home people aren't getting their mail that you know then august 43 august 44 sunday newspapers for the british troops public to return their sunday papers for dispatch overseas see i didn't know yep. about that you give your newspapers back, and they get sent. They get sent overseas. I mean, and then and then a suggestion. I, I had you, no idea about, I that, did about you? That, that. No, that is absolutely that is that is fascinating because that's direct home front um, front line impact um, uh, yep. policy, isn't it? And then the, the, a year later, suggestive new director of welfare services supplies of Sunday newspapers to troops to be discontinued. No wonder why. Then um, you got in August a quarterly morale report sent to the adjutant general to the forces. General Sir Ronald Adam, War Office, October, beer for the services in theatre abroad. So this is the summary of what the subjects are. Yep. This is interesting. December of, so December 44, unqualified promises made by theatre commanders as to Python causing political troubles. Yep. December so the Python 19th, scheme, for those who can't remember it or don't yep. know it, Python scheme was basically you've been serving over overseas for for you know, however long it is, three years, I think it yeah. is, or two years or something, you are then entitled to go home for six months. Yeah. Or three for, months you're, or whatever. Yeah, you, you're for, for the a stint. The, you're at the front of the queue for repatriation, basically. And, the, and the, the, But the quid pro quo on that yeah. is that if the war is still going on once your leave is up, yeah, you have to there's back. no guarantee you'll go back to your same unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you fact, don't, it's you, almost it's almost certain you won't go back yeah, to your same yeah, yeah. unit. But 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 that's interesting because that's December nineteen forty four. That's causing a problem, not mm -hmm. as you might imagine. Spring uh, forty five, where the end is plainly in sight. The, 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 this is this 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 is interesting. It's earlier than you might you might think. There might be an issue with this because after all, we've talked a lot about how in Europe people are going right. Well, in the spring of 40, 45, Well, I'm not going to go to the Far East after this. I'm done. You know, I've done. Yep. I've done what was asked of me. But this is happening in this theatre in the Mediterranean in in December '44. I think that's yeah. really, really interesting, and it shows this this thing that there's this this sort of morale sinkhole in Italy, basically. Yeah. That, that that where morale is worse, so problems crop up sooner and in greater proportion than they do in Northwest Europe, where things yep. have more momentum. After all, that although although things do stop and start in Northwest Europe, massive progress has been made. You know, if you by December '44, you're in. You know, you're 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 on the German frontier. You're in Antwerp. You're mm -hmm. all those things, and then uh, '45 reported theft of parcels sent home by soldiers serving overseas. System of concessions concession vouchers on letter packets, and then January imposition of taxes on parcels sent home by service soldiers serving overseas. You can I mean, see that's that wrong, isn't it? You can see that going down very very badly. But that might be soldiers sending home cutlery. You know that they've stuff that they've pinched. Um, yep. So because quite after big all, packages, yeah, and theft, theft is after all, you know, the the. the, the I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it, again, on the Italian front, they talk much more about criminality and gangs of gangs of sort of criminal soldiers, um, deserters, sort of operating in gangs and stuff. And it's it, it gets talked about more explicitly than on the northwest European front. I mean, the first telegram, which is about the mail, is very interesting. You know, personal from TAC HQ Eighth Army to Fifteenth Army Group, um, uh, September the twenty third. Personal for General Alexander from General Montgomery. Present situation regarding mail for Eighth Army and Desert Air Force is very bad. No letters received for a long time. An adverse comment and grumbling from troops. Nothing as such an adverse effect on morale as lack of mail from home. I mean, and it would this, have, wouldn't it? And it would have. But this is at the highest level that this is going on. Yep, this is the, this is Alexander's papers, private papers. Yeah, left to the nation. Yeah, he is the army group commander. Yeah, fault may possibly lie in UK or at AFHQ, but consider consider that action essential for the for, on the very highest level. Can you cable PM 
or Secretary of State grateful for your help? So that's from Monty to Alex. And, you know, we've talked we've talked an awful lot about how Monty and Alex, uh, and Montgomery in particular, morale is his, morale is his absolute, like, yep. that's, that's his thing. If you've got good morale, you can get men to do what you want them to do. And if you haven't, you can't. And that yeah. he's writing to his boss about the mail being bad. It's just it's absolutely, absolutely fascinating stuff, this. Yeah, um, there is. And then there's a, there's a fascinating letter from the 30th of May 1944 from Ronald Adam. Yeah. Saying, I'm, saying, my dear Alex, I'm trying to ensure that every 30 men that go overseas with an officer they know. Yeah. So this is the Repel Depots. I mean, yeah. Bridget yeah. didn't call them Repel Depots, but this is yeah. a replacement depot. So this is, you know, conscripts have an officer with them that they yeah. know. And that, that sounds yeah. so completely obvious. But you can also see how that doesn't happen. Yeah, you can that see why that, that wouldn't happen because your churn, your churn in officers is is high, isn't it? Um, and so you, you, new officers are needed at the front sooner than men, perhaps, aren't they? Because your, your yeah. churn in, amongst subalterns, particularly, is very, very, very high. Yeah, and you need you need people all the time. But you can also see why it would be much better if men arrived in theatre with an officer they knew for the sake of them keeping their uh, uh, stuff together. Our experience in this country is that the draft feels quite differently about proceeding overseas if it has an officer who's trained it to accompany the draft. Absence of draft is negligible when the draft knows that its own officer is going with it. So people don't abscond if they know the officer going with them. That's that. I mean, that might be like, well, if he's not going, why should I? You know, he's yeah. trained us and now he's not coming with us. Well, sod that then. You can see, yep. you could also understand that motivation. I believe that it also helped the draft to find its feet overseas if it keeps together under its officer as long as possible. I mean, it, it makes utter sense. And then he talks about Lieutenant Colonel Sparrow, who we talked about earlier on, the, yes. from the, Mar- the Secretary of the Our friend Colonel Sparrow. Incidentally, I'm sure he's sending out to North Africa, Italy and the Middle East, Lieutenant Colonel Sparrow, Coldstream Guards. So he's a guardsman, so he's a good chap. So he's a good chap. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have a good good sense. You could trust, trust, rely on him. He's travelling out in a troop ship with drafts in order to study the conditions under which they travel. He's also trying to find out anything which the war office can do to help you in Italy, e.g. mails. And with this in view, I've given him letters of introduction to Oliver and corps commanders. Oliver being Oliver Lee's commander of yeah. 8th Army. Yeah, by yeah. That point. I mean, this is, this is amazing under the bonnet stuff, Jim. It's, it, it's, well, it really is because it's the stuff that doesn't get... Yeah. It, it is, as you say, completely under the bonnet. It's just yeah. the stuff that you don't expect. You think they're just all kind of working about where, you know, have they got enough ammunition and, you yeah. know, what's the battle plan? Uh, yeah, where are, you go- where are the Germans most vulnerable? Where are we going to go next? I apologise for even writing to you when you have you so much in hand. Well, there we are, right? He- Alex has got an awful lot in hand. He's trying to figure out how much ammunition he needs and... With, and how he's going to get to Rome? And how he's going to get to Rome? With a will, what's the weather going to? How's going to whether, whether the whole going to Valmontoni thing is a busted flush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this stage, May thirtieth of May, nineteen forty-four. It's uh, you know, Sparrow will not be out for two or three weeks, and if by any chance you have time to see him, I've told him to call in at your headquarters. Many congratulations on your wonderful success. It has been a great opening to the spring spring offensive. Yours, Adam. I mean, and then marks the bottom in crayon. Keep by um, Alex. I mean, yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting? Yeah. Why I mean, is he so? Why does why does Alex so particularly want to keep that one? Well, well, is it is it is it because he wants to remind himself that this is part of the picture, that this is part of how you get this right? It's, or, it's got to be. It's got or, to be that. Or is it him? Or is it him for posterity leaving a reminder? To go. You know what? There were, we had a lot of we had a lot of bloody problems. When I you think look, it's you the know, former. He's yeah. got to write a dispatch. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. the former. Then there's another yeah. there's another letter a couple uh, of pages yeah. on, 18th of January 1944. I don't know who this this clerk is. It's yours ever, F Clark or G Clark or something. But it's, it's not not General it's Clark. It's not Mark Clark. No. It's not Mark Clark. And this is the incidents of VD in the ACMF. Oh, yes. My favourite subject. <laughs> Today has reached an alarming level. Yeah. The British rates in Italy and Sicily are approximately 250 to 1,000 per annum. The American rate is perhaps slightly lower. Yeah. There are 3,200 cases under treatment in British hospitals and 2,000 in American hospitals in the CMF. Yeah. Well. Uh, Central Mediterranean Forces, that is, by the way. Um, With an average stay of 20 days, there is a loss to the army of 64,000 British man days. Amazing. <laughs> and 40,000 American mandates, almost equivalent to the loss of six divisions. Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is why this is so important. Um, the, uh, yeah. I mean, 
this is fascinating as well because again with these figures these are the men who've come forward and said that or 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 are too ill to to deny it you know the, because it's a self the army sees it as a self-inflicted injury so you you're in trouble so if you go to if you go to your mo and say you've got vd you you you're in trouble so that this is this is who would you know this is this is surely the tip of a horrible manky iceberg isn't it i mean so to speak. Should we take a quick break, Jim, and come, yeah. uh, come back for more of this yeah. uh, rather grim news? This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker. The Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Um, we're halfway through, as ever on this podcast, we're halfway through a telegram about VD, basically. Well, it's not a telegram, it's an internal memo. <laughs> it's an internal memo. Uh, but, but, but what I think is so interesting about this is it says uh, point five yeah, yeah. Um, is a study of the underlying causes reveals the following casual factors. It must um, mean causal factors. That must be a typo. There can't be casual It must factors. be causal, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Casual factors. Yeah, that doesn't work at all, does yeah. it? Uh, um, one, female. A, the sympathetic nature of Italian women. B, poverty and starvation. Price, 10 cigarettes or chocolate. C, infected women everywhere. And then two, male. A, reaction after combat, i.e. they're scared now, they want a little bit of... Yeah, they feel like they've earned Yeah. Yeah. B, lack of precautions after intercourse. Yeah, duh. Um, yeah. C, non-realisation of seriousness of avoidable sickness. Mm, I, I yeah, doubt yeah. that. I doubt that, yeah. um, D, lack of leadership, unit and subunit control and want of discipline. Well, as you can imagine, I sent this off to Hallie Rubenhold and yeah. to Julie Lake. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, they weren't that impressed, it has to be said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a very quick way of solving this, which yeah. is to have, you know, if you're going to have to have brothels, have organized brothels, but actually start being a bit nicer to the Italian people. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons the Italian women have to do it is because they've got no choice because otherwise they're going to starve. Yeah, yeah. And the reason they're going to starve is because um, the exchange rate has been set appallingly high by bean yeah. counters in Algiers, yeah. Allied Forces headquarters. Yeah. With a little bit of maliciousness creeping into it because, yeah, yeah. you know, the Allies brought it on themselves, all the rest of it. Yeah. You mean the Axis brought it on themselves? Not the, well, I mean... Well, no, the yeah. Italians, you know, they started yeah. it. They they 
Join the war yeah, on yeah, the exactly. Junior, yeah, yeah, it's their yeah, fault, yeah. you know. I mean, the other, I mean, the other thing is, it's, I mean, the thing, infected women everywhere. Well, what about infected men everywhere? I mean, the, the, the women, who are the women catching it off? Thank you very much. I mean, this is the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, 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 but, but, but there is a, there is a very, it's, it's clear why this is, you know, if, if, yeah. the, if there was less, if there was less corruption amongst yeah. AMGOT and, and Allied Forces base wallers, if there yeah. was less black market, if people like Vito yeah. Genovese were kind of picked up straight away and not allowed yeah. to function, yeah. if there was more relief funds, if there was more feeding of Italians and providing food kitchens and, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff, yeah, they wouldn't have to do this. You know, the, yeah. the vast, vast, vast majority of people who are prostituting themselves are not doing it because they want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're doing yeah. it because there is nothing left for them to do. Yes, so, to be able so, to feed themselves and their family. So, a sympathetic nature of Italian women is uh, is just I mean, it's, it's just, just an insult. I mean, it's interesting though because uh, 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 you know. Uh, it says medical services are done and are doing all that's possible to do. Prophylactics are in ample supply. Medical propaganda is active. Hospitals are doing their best. AMG is actively hospitalising infected women and taking legal action for soliciting and pimping. Yeah, welfare, but not much. Not exactly. Much. Welfare is doing good work in static areas. In combat zones, it's not possible to organise centres. Yeah, I, I, I would say point three. Um, expand, please, and show me some stats. Yeah, and point, and point four also. I mean, is it really going on in combat zones? Um, it, 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 it's, it's in the static areas where this is happening. You know, it's in Naples. It's in, it's in yeah. the big, the big It's in the big conurbations because yeah. that's where yeah. the women are. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's, there's lots it, of things you can do and they're not doing any of it because, because they've got their, because Italy is, is stretched because they've got their hands full because they've yeah. got tough enough job just trying to fight at the front and, and, and civil affairs it is absolutely considered. There's lots and lots yeah. of people doing it, but it's not regulated and administered yeah. efficiently yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, they. Do, I mean, basically, what this this memo suggests is they do. They really don't quite know what to do about it, um, or, or aren't prepared to do it. So it goes on. I'm sure you agree that apart from anything else, this loss in manpower under the existing shortages is a serial, a serious matter. So they're coming at this. Yeah, from, that's that's from, the problem. It's not the problem of of of, of miserable Italians yeah. Yeah. or welfare. It's it's purely. That this is causing us a problem because we're losing up to six divisions. Yeah, I would therefore suggest that a really intensive anti-VD campaign be instituted, and the importance of this matter be impressed upon all officers in order to create. I mean, this this as a solution is bonkers. In order to create a competitive spirit and to promote unit esprit de corps, I suggest that formations should publish weekly statistics by units, and that the CEO of a unit with a bad record should be asked to give an explanation. I mean, why are you why are you all shagging and getting the clap? <laughs> well, sir. Well, sir, because we're stuck a long way me, from home. We're, we're miserable. And, 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 I mean, also, if if units are publishing weeks because I've got enough mail from home. Well, exactly. Yes, if, and, and we came Partly. without, and we came without an officer who could tell us what to do because we because we right. trust him. Of we course, it's all linked, isn't it? That's the whole yeah. point. Well, but 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 also, if it's a self-inflicted injury and you get in trouble for having VD. A unit which is publishing weekly statistics to find out no one's going to admit it, are they? So it's got that only that is only going to make it more difficult to track that as a solution, isn't it? As a solution, it's a terrible one. Yeah. The, the, the solutions, as, as always with these things, yeah. are at the core, and, yeah. and you have to go. You have to go back to basics, and you have to go. Okay, well, why is it there are so many people prepared to prostitute themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reduce the number not- of prostitutes, you reduce the number of clap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple well, as as simple as that. Exactly, exactly. And the, the, uh, and then the, the next memo, third of Feb, is like there's a there's a there's a decrease. Um, uh, and then I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, that but not by, not by much. much. I mean, it's interesting that Alec, but it's interesting though that Alexander's uh, track tracking these and that these are in his in his first. These are in the morale bit. He's in the first bit of his of, of his documents from. Uh, well, in the, yes, and also theater. on the 18th of January, it says the Americans are less. It's slightly yeah. lower. And then on the next one, it says the rate among American troops has always been very much higher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just don't. I mean, the thing is, they don't know because there is this tangle about no. whether, you know, who admits so, it. So this led me to... to yeah. I, I had this in the back of my mind when I was I was, I was doing... I was introducing Mark Clark for the first time. Yeah. And... and, and I've, I've introduced him, and then I've I've talked about his. I've, I've looked at his the memo he sends out to everyone on the eve of 
you know, the great crusade that they're about to undertake. Yeah. So he sends this out on the 30th of August, and he says, great opportunities lie ahead for our fifth army. Opportunities which will lead to the complete liberation of Europe from its present rule of tyranny. And he says that it says this massive privilege to for Lovely. Fifth Army to be associated with such a noble enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Our cause, he concludes, is a righteous one, and God will direct us in our undertaking. And I kind of just think it's really, really interesting because everything's changed from North Africa. Yep. So this is what I've written. If you could just bear yeah, with me. Up, up, up. By the time he was writing this, much of Sicily's cities had been pounded into rubble. Large numbers of towns had similarly been reduced to dust, and many hundreds of thousands of Italians, both on Sicily and further afield in Italy, were discovering that modern war was brutally destructive in a way that had been unimaginable to many in the decade or so before the war had begun. And despite the warnings of prophets, such as the Italian Julio Duhe, of the supremacy of air power in future wars. Yet Clark was not alone in believing the Allied cause was a just and noble one. Nazism nor fascism could be allowed to prevail. It was a cancer, an evil that had to be stopped, and it had to be stopped as quickly as possible with the lowest loss of life for those commanding the Allied armies. That was no easy task, but Clark, along with his fellow senior commanders in the Mediterranean, understood that victory could not be achieved without the young men under their command getting killed. What was also understood, however, was that victory needed to be achieved with as low a loss of these young lives as possible. And that meant using bombers and immense firepower and mechanization and modernity to do a lot of the hard yards. So this is all familiar stuff, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and if that ensured that cities, towns and villages that barred their path were to be destroyed, then that was the price that had to be paid. Better a building than young allied lives better Italian civilians than young Allied lives. After all, the Allies never asked the Italians to enter the war. Yet there was a paradox there, for if the Allies were liberators, was it right that they should be killing the people they were supposed to be liberating? Should the Italian people be paying for the crimes of their leaders? The point about fascism was that the people had no choice. That's what democratic nations disliked about dictatorships. Were the Allies truly liberators if they were also destroying the homes and lives of those they were pledging to help? The war had been a simpler undertaking during the war in the desert, when the population had been so very sparse. Italy was a population of some 40 million, most of whom lived in towns and villages along the coast and in the valleys, precisely through the area the Allies would be fighting. I mean, there... There it is, Jim. Um, That's it, isn't it? And and I think it's, it's worth setting that up comparatively... Up front, because that's yeah. the point, isn't it? There is a, there is this paradox, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. What what you know? How can you be liberators if you're destroying casino a hundred percent? Yeah. Well, and it's the it, and and the complication of your enemy. The Italians are your enemy one minute; they're not the next. So, uh, and the minute the, then the minute they're not, that then you, you 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 what actually is your relationship with them? Because because. Are you, I mean, are, you, know, you know, can you view it as liberation, seeing as they, seeing as, you know, there, there's, there is this, because after all, fascism presents itself as a mass populist movement that's approved of by the population, doesn't it? So, so the, 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 the thinking must be, it's not just the governments, it's the people who've succumbed and are, and are complicit in all this. So if they get in the, you know, there must be people thinking that on the Allied side. So if they get in the way, tough shit, you know, I mean, this is, it's getting your head into this, into that mindset is very difficult, isn't it? Yes, except you're saying, despite so on the one hand, you're saying this is a mass popular movement that everyone's yeah. behind. Yeah. But by the same token, you're going, democracy's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the people are oppressed. And so we've come to liberate them from the oppression. But I know. But I, know. I thought it was a bit, you know, which is it? Either, well, either well, they're oppressed or they're not oppressed. Well, it's, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's really complicated. <laughs> well, it's, and it's complicated also because, because, because after all, you know, um, We've, we, you, when Catherine Himmler spoke at um, uh, 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 We Have Ways Fest in the autumn, uh, uh, in the summer rather, the point she was trying to make was: look, it's it, it, this is a fact, Nazism took took over the whole of German society. Everyone was complicit in it, you know. Because she said, "You've heard of my famous great uncle, but my grandpa was completely involved in this too. He was he was as you know he was in the Nazi party. Just because he's not one of the sort of famous ones doesn't mean he wasn't." part of what happened to Germany and wasn't one of the people doing it to Germany. So so her, her argument is, yes, it's a dictatorship, but it's one that people have voluntarily sort of entered, entered into. 
So how can you then be liberating? Because they've chosen that. Because that's the that's the paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. It's so it's it's and it and it and it's a paradox that means you know, you don't err on the side of mercy when you get to a place like casino. Right? Well, destroy it then. Fine, whatever. Well, no, because you know we need to get through. The Germans are in the way. Yeah. We're the liberators. We've yeah. got to keep. We, you know, we've got to redu- we, We've got to make sure that we lose as few people as possible. Yeah. Um, well, there's a big town in the way. Well, oh know, well. I, I'm, I'm, I, it doesn't sit easy with me, but at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, I, I've got young lives to look after. Yeah, democratic yes, lives, liberators' yes, lives, but, but better lives, in fact, because they're young democratic lives. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and, and of course, we all know that 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 you know, fascism, fascism might want to present itself as this great big popular movement. Yeah, but you know. It isn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 a, it isn't, and B, if you're kind of living in in San Pietro in um, in, yeah. in in Fine in in uh, yeah. the base of Monte Samucro, you can give a toss it, who's in charge. Well, or, it's, or, it's not going to affect your life. It's still well, going to yeah, be miserable exactly. and poor. Well, you're not on the receiving end of the sort of uh, of the vital modernism. Uh, uh, no, uh, on offer. But, but you weren't before either. So no, no, you, you weren't know, before of, either, yeah, of, yeah. of the conservative view yeah, on yeah, offer. Yeah. I mean, and you, you may know, even it's, not be. You may even not regard yourself as Italian. You may regard yourself as you know, uh, yeah. uh, as a Calabrian or Campanian. Yeah, well, exa- ex- exactly. I mean, it's, it's it's difficult stuff. This isn't it, and it, and and yet, and yet, when we talk about the Northwest European theatre, there's a kind of like, oh well, poor old French people in Normandy who got killed. Yeah, to, and a kind of. Tant pis about that. Never mind. Too bad. And yep. and so by 1944, it's sort of been that 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 has all been internalised in the Allied logic, hasn't it? And <laughs> also, and also, I mean, were there a free French army fighting in, let's say, in Normandy, there were a free French army that then surrendered during the Normandy. Let, let's say, what happens in Italy replicated itself in Normandy for, for as a thought yep. experiment. Would that make would that would that make Normandy more complicated uh, as a as a sort of moral quandary, or would it, or would it make it, or would we just see it the same way? Because that's the complication, isn't it? Is the Italians change sides, and the population population have no say in whichever side they're on. If we're honest, I mean, it's really yeah. difficult, isn't it? <laughs> it's really, really difficult, and and it's and, but I think it's worth. Yeah, from my point of view, from a, from a, from a narrative structural point of view, I think it's worth setting that up. Yeah, quite early. But this also means this is why. But this is also why good news from Italy is so important. This is why I have to get to Rome. This is why taking Rome on, you know, uh, is so important. And we're, we're oh right, you know, the, the the sort of cloud around where they got that wrong leaves out the fact how important it is to have some good news and a clear victory and you're liberate you're liberators so you take the capital city and the government you know that you yep. put the seal on the on the whole thing politically yep. in that respect i mean it oh, it's complicated yeah. isn't it but anyway we get, we should get back to this back to this, this alexander <laughs> document because because as you can imagine you know what a big fan i am of alexander and yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. this letter on the um you know um this 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 letter from alex He's had a whole load of memos, people saying there's lots of yeah. desertion, there's lots of looting, he's yeah. not happy about it. So on the 18th of February, which let's face yeah. it, it's three days after the bombing of Monte Cassino Monastery, yeah. he writes to Sir Henry Maitland Wilson, who is the Supreme Allied Commander in the Mediterranean by this point, because Eisenhower has returned to Britain to take yeah. over for Overlord. Yeah. Problem of desertion is a very serious one, and I wish to ask your personal assistance in dealing with it. Yeah. Point four, this is a bit that kind of, I found quite difficult when I was reading it. The abolition of the death penalty for desertion has undoubtedly been a great mistake. I've repeatedly emphasised this. I am convinced that this penalty should be reintroduced. And when I read that, I thought, no, no, not lovely Alex. He's so nice and charming and and writes lovely letters to his children with pictures and who's so humorous and and good-natured and imperturbable and my complete hero. How can yep. he be asking this? And actually, reading on, it, it, it's clear that he's not really suggesting it should be used in a kind of, you know, everyone should be lined up and shot by any stretch of imagination. He just wants the threat of it there. He wants the san- He wants the, the possibility of the sanction. Yes, because he because goes he on thinks to otherwise say- that people don't care because he's, yeah. he points out that they, you know, they they, they they their sentences always get commuted. They're always given a second chance. 
Yeah. Nothing really happens to him. It's just too yeah. easy. It's too easy but, to desert. So, so then, I mean, it's interesting because he talks about unfairness, fairness. Yes. The, the point, point six is point really six. interesting, isn't it? I hope that you will do your utmost to secure action on these lines. The present situation is very unfair. It is unfair on commanding officers and company commanders who bear heavy enough strain during operations without the addition of the sense of uncertainty as the behaviour of some of their men. It is unfair to the men who stay to fight without the aid of their disloyal comrade. It is unfair to the man himself. Most of these deserters are not bad men. Many of them have fought well. They would not have disgraced themselves if they had the moral stiffening which the prospect of adequate punishment would provide. I mean, cracky. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's really interesting is, is he's told, forget no. it, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the, in a million years. But, but the problem is, the moral stiffening with the prospect of adequate pub, pu- punishment, blah, 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 you, you're going to have to shoot someone to show that you're going to do it. Yeah. After all, it's what the Americans do. They do shoot. They do. They do execute. They shoot someone, one, don't they? They shoot one, yeah. Um, and, and, he, and he was a know, murdering... Thiefing yes, exactly. bastard and exactly. had it coming. Exactly. Well, you never, you never, exactly. I would never say that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, yeah. So the reply, um, uh, uh, it, um, death penalty point two, and this is the twenty fifth of February, nineteen forty four, and this is um, uh, this is from Adam, and it's yep. interesting because. Because I mean, it's just so interesting. This has gone all the way to the adjutant general. One can't de- point to death penalty. One cannot see any prospect of this being reintroduced, and it's difficult to get comparative figures to prove that there is more desertion. Even though he's actually in favour of himself, isn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knows. He knows. He- it won't wash. There's more. Even uh, uh, it should be noted, however, that the crime of self-inflicted wound is almost unknown now, and would certainly reappear if the death penalty were reintroduced for desertion. Fair point. Fascinating. This is really, really interesting stuff. Um, it really is. It's just absolutely amazing. I just looked up on. In addition, in addition, unofficially, yep. it should be circulated through the force that deserters will be transferred to Burma or the Far East, where they will continue to fight to the end of the war with Japan. Now that's interesting. Yeah, where's that? Where's that bit? That's at the end of that. That's at the end of that memo. Keep going down that let that down the Adam letter. Oh yes, yes, yes. In addition, right, right at the very end. I mean, isn't that interesting? That's not. That's not unlike... You desert um, here, you get captured, and you'll be sent to Burma and fight the, ja- the Japanese. that's not unlike what Dan Ellen said about LMF, that LMF is a thing the REF encouraged the idea that it exists, but it maybe doesn't, and <laughs> discipline yeah. over LMF. So what you've got here is put about word, unofficially, it should be circulated through the force. That you're, going, you're going to Burma, mate, if you carry on like this. I think that's really, that's really interesting. That's not an order, is it? That's a, like a... Yeah. Give us a Burma So you desert here. in your court. Yeah. You'll end up in a jungle fighting the yeah. Japanese, and, and they wanna, have swords, and they chop. And you don't off. want to do that, and they'll chop your head off. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you think things are bad here, just you wait. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? Oh, it God. really, it, really is. I, I just think it's such an interesting thing. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, my, my initial shock is 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 lessened now as I can I can see why why he wants what he as you say it's a as we were saying it's a, it's it's a threat, isn't it? Rather than yeah. wanting to go around yeah. executing everybody. Because the Holy next letter, Murray. the next, the next letters to Wilson from Adam, and it says there's no chance to get the death penalty now. I tried before El Alamein and was stopped because it could could not be introduced when the British Army was in trouble. Yeah, and you know, and then I wrote I wrote to General Alexander after the victory and asked him for his views, and he said he did not like he did not like to have it when the army was in triumph. Yeah, so you can't introduce it when things are going badly, and you can't introduce it when things are going well. No, it's the, the, that that's a ship that sailed. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's the Labour Party, isn't it? Yeah, is yeah. it the Labour Party that that, yeah. that, that insists because it, it comes that it, it's 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 outlawed? I think in the early nineteen thirties. When's the when's yeah. the late when's Ramsay Macdonald's Labour government? Thirty, thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's before the Conservatives come back with Stanley Baldwin for the second time, isn't but it? What's interesting is there's an annotated version of that memo with with uh, Alex's notes on it. This is not accurate, he writes after yeah, the, it's amazing, the army isn't in it? triumph. This statement is inaccurate. And I've, I was always said this. It was uh, it was a great mistake to have done away with the death penalty for desertion. I recommend the death penalty be reintroduced for the um, uh, uh, court ca- for cases of aggravated desertion. Right. I admit that it would be a difficult thing to get through the through the house. Um, as it is a political question, um, I couldn't advise when this should be um, uh, tried, Alexander. Amazing. This, though. It's a thing that's handwritten amazing. notes added yeah, onto yeah, that yeah. memo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. 
Well, I'm afraid, Jim, I'm out of time now. I've got, I've, yeah, I've got no, to no, I'm, well, I've, I've got to get on as well. Yeah, but got this is amazing do, stuff. We're going to have to chew over this. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's also very good for me to be able to talk through all this stuff with you as I'm looking at it. Because I always find sometimes, you know, you just, you, you need someone to kind of chew the cud with on this yeah. stuff to yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. to sort of help yourself articulate what yeah. it is you're trying to think. Well, it's fascinating stuff. We'll come back to this, I guess, I reckon. Another, yeah. another deep dive next time. Thanks yeah. very much for listening, everyone. We will see you all very soon. Cheerio. Cheerio. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kaye, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy, and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.